Well, let me be the first to tell you happy epiphany, if you know what that means. Uh, As you may know, the church calendar is filled with uh, different seasons. The church seasons kind of move at a different pace than our regular seasons. The new year, the new Christian year, actually began a month and a half ago with the season of Advent, followed by those 12 days of Christmas that we sing about. Uh, That's a 12-day season. And then we move into the season of Epiphany, which is what we are today. The season of Epiphany doesn't get a lot of fanfare in the church today, but it used to be the peak of the Christian year. Not Christmas, but the Feast of Epiphany on January 6th, which celebrates the wise men's visit, the wise men, their visit to Jesus. That used to be a bigger celebration than even Christmas itself. And the art in our sanctuary that Mary Johnson made, this uh, banner here and on the wall, reminds us of that story of the coming of the, of the wise men to see Jesus. These days, uh, as, as it often happens in our church, Epiphany is really more of a placeholder on the calendar between Advent and Lent. But Epiphany may be exactly what we need this year. The lectionary text that a group of texts that the church has put together that guides often our readings throughout the church year. Uh, This time of year, the stories often focus on appearances of God to humans or God's mission coming to humanity. The story of Jesus being baptized that's on the wall is often told during this season where the voice of God comes down from heaven. Light shines on Jesus And Jesus' mission is confirmed by the voice of God saying, you are my beloved, listen to him. The lectionary texts this time of year often talk about light, the light from coming from heaven, the light of the star which leads the wise men to Christ, the light of God coming into the world in so many ways, we need to see God's light. And what an appropriate time of year to talk about light. Just before we celebrated Christ's birth, we had the winter solstice. As Advent was coming to an end, Christmas coming closer and closer, the days started getting a little longer. The light shone a little bit more each day. And every day, a minute or so is added to the light. According to the dictionary, the word epiphany means, well, it means the appearance of a divine being. But it's also come to mean those moments when you have an epiphany, when, when things come to light in your own life. You discover something about yourself that you didn't know. An idea strikes you, a stroke of genius, we call it. Something that was dark becomes illuminated or revealed. An epiphany is when that light shines in the midst of whatever is dark. Maybe your life, your calling, your mission, whatever it is, what needs to be revealed, the light reveals it. And I wonder what needs to be revealed in our own lives this season of epiphany. Now, as Rick mentioned earlier, today is also the Sunday before Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Tomorrow, for the first time in, I think, forever, Norwalk schools are closed to honor that day. Usually on the Sunday before Dr. King's day, we choose prayers that have to do with his life's mission. Today, our worship songs all come from that section of spirituals, those old civil rights songs that were sung on the street, songs that were taught to them by slaves in the field. To quote from the front, the the quote on the front of our bulletin from Dr. King is a good one for this season of epiphany. One of my favorites of his, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that, hate Cannot drive, cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. The light of God 
drives out darkness always. The love of God always drives out hate. It's a quote that could have been written by our prophet this morning, the prophet Isaiah. During Advent, we read several of Isaiah's texts in Epiphany. We continue to read from this great book. In our text this morning, the prophet calls the people of God to be a light to the nations. Even there, long before Jesus came and preached the gospel to the Gentiles, God called his people to be a light to all the nations, to open the eyes of the blind, to set prisoners free. As we remember the work of Dr. King, those in the civil rights movement who opened eyes, who set people free, who brought God's light into our churches and into our country. But as I reflected on this text and on the legacy of Dr. King, all this talk of light had me thinking about another person, someone who was not so prominent in the movement as Dr. King, but someone whose work was very critical. Her name was Fannie Lou Hammer. I don't know if you've heard of Fannie Lou Hammer. I didn't really know her story until about eight years ago. But it's someone whose her story I keep returning to that I read about. Fannie was from Mississippi, deep in the South, the youngest of 20 children. Her parents were sharecroppers, and she began her work in the fields when she was just six years old. And when the movement came, Dr. King, Dr. Abernathy, all those who, who arrived in Mississippi to preach the message of civil rights, Hammer was set free by what she heard. The preaching of Dr. King and others gave her that kind of epiphany we talked about. She began to see that her life was more than just the life of a sharecropper. And the things that she and her family and her friends and her community had to deal with was not the way the world should be. And so after Dr. King went on to another town, Fanny got to work. She began to talk to other plantation workers. She organized her own community and brought them together and said, hey, you know, we're not allowed to vote. That's not right. We need to be able to vote. And so Fannie Lou Hammer got 17 others one day and marched to their county courthouse to register to vote, which was illegal for her. Along the way, the law enforcement gave them fierce opposition, but they made it to the courthouse steps. And after they were denied, she kept fighting. She kept organizing more and more. She would stand up and declare her right to vote. And her courage came at a high price. They kicked her off of her job from the plantation she was, where she had called home for nearly two decades just for trying to register to vote. But these actions only solidified her resolve. And she's quoted in the, in a, in the New York Times uh, that said, when they kicked me off of the plantation, she said, they set me free. It was the best thing that could happen. Now I can work for my people. And that's what she did, often going hungry herself, working nonstop her whole life for her cause. She was a powerful woman, a woman of deep faith who would often break into preaching in the middle of a speech, which, you know, back then, they didn't have a lot of women preachers in the South. But she was tough. And she was full of joy, too, not only in preaching, but she would often break out in song, too. You can buy a whole album of her singing live songs those, some of the same songs we've sung already today. I want to play you one of those songs, a few moments, a few minutes from one of these songs, and you'll know it. And it's this song that got me thinking about her today. You can hear it.
She could lead you in singing if you want. Everywhere I go. I've got the light of freedom. to hear that last verse because I, I think before her I, there's no real record of that verse being sung but I got the light of freedom she sings and I'm going to let it shine and that's the phrase that stuck in my head this week as I read that prophet from long ago the light of freedom that opens eyes that sets people free captives and prisoners in their hearts and their lives free our text throughout the season of epiphany will come from these prophetic texts, these Old Testament texts, and from that song, from that verse, we're calling our series for the next six weeks, we've got the light of freedom. We've got the light of freedom. This light of freedom, that's what the prophets spoke about. And those who bring it, people like Hammer, like King, are often, as the prophet said, bruised reeds, dimly burning wicks, people who seem vulnerable and insignificant on the edges of society, and yet their light shines for justice. Their light seemingly dim, a small light, as Marty talked about earlier, fills the whole room with brightness. Fanny never gave up. So many people who fight for justice never gave up. They do not faint, as the prophet says. They are not crushed until justice is established. And Fanny got to vote. The prophet reminds us, no matter who we are, no matter how small or significant we may be, we have a role to play. We've got the light of freedom. God's light has been given not just to a few people, but to us all. We've got the light of freedom, and God says, let it shine. The light of the world, or the light the world is waiting for is the, the appearance of God that we wait for, is us. We are God's light in the world. The, the person that wise men seek, that grieving mothers cry out for, that the poor and those in prison and those oppressed long for, is us. I am the one God has sent. You and me, we are the ones to whom the light has been given. We are the epiphany, the appearance of God in the world. To open the eyes of the blind, this is our task. To set prisoners free from dungeons of oppression, this is our task. That's why last Sunday we spent time sharing with one another our pressures and pains, our hopes and dreams as we had the community table. We heard stories of concerns, real life and death concerns, people worried about cost and access to health care, a lack of community among our seniors and among our youth. We heard about the need for affordable housing and about the lack of access to mental health care. And this is just from those who were there on Sunday. From our own people. We heard concerns with raising children as well as caring for elderly parents. 
If you weren't here on Sunday, you missed a blessed experience. And our outreach team, they're, they're working on more ways to talk to more of you. And we'll tell you more about that soon. But hearing from one another, I hope, was an epiphany for all of us. Opening our eyes to the work of the church in our community, the things that need to be done, the places where our light needs to shine. On the front of the bulletin as well are two quotes from Fannie Lou Hammer. On her, by the way, on her uh, gravestone is one of her most famous quotes, which says, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. But that didn't fit with the sermon this morning. But the other two quotes, she said, nobody's free until everybody's free. And she said, when you liberate others, you liberate yourself. And, of course, you heard her sing that third quote, I've got the light of freedom, I'm going to let it shine. The world waits for our light, longs for our light, and in sharing that light of freedom with others, we find our own freedom and our own light. May we let it shine, church. Let it shine. We'll close our service singing that in a moment. For now, we'll sing, I'm going to live so God can use me as we prepare to come to the table of the Lord.